Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I want to uh, talk to you. This happened. This is every parent's nightmare. Uh, our second daughter, Hannah, she started driving some years ago, and it was her first big trip out of the big metropolis of Opelousas into the city of Lafayette. She had to go down for a track meet. Mom and dad couldn't go. We let her drive her first out-of-town trip down to Lafayette. My daughter, Hannah, is directionally challenged. She doesn't know the difference between north, south, east, west. Street signs mean nothing to her. Uh, You have to give her directions by shopping malls, boutiques, shoe stores. Uh, She'll know exactly where you're talking about. And so this was that night. She drove down. Of course, we're waiting up as parents, you know, so it's going to be a a little bit of a later night because the track meet doesn't end until about 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night. And uh, we're waiting, and it's probably 20 minutes until the time she's supposed to be home, and then you get the phone call. And it's that phone call that you don't want. And it's the dad, I mean, you know the voice, right? You know, you know, if you're a parent here, you know just the way they say your name, whether it's good or bad. And she says, dad, I said, baby, what's wrong? And she says, I'm lost. And I said, okay, well, where are you? And she says, I don't know. How many of you know if you don't know where you're at, we can't get you to where you want to go? <laughs> And so I said, baby, where where are you? She goes, I don't know. I said, well, is there anything around you? She goes, no, there's nothing around me. I said, are you on a, like a two lane road? I don't know. No, baby, is it like a two lane? Is it like a, is it like everybody's going one way on your side? Like a freeway? Yeah, I think I'm on a freeway. I said, okay, y'all know for those who are directionally challenged, you go 49 North to get to Opelousas. North, I know means nothing to you. But you go north. And so I said, well, here's what we got to do. Just keep driving. Should I turn around? I don't know. Because I don't know where you, I can't help you go where you want to go unless I know where you're at. And then I said, just keep driving. Let's, let's wait till we see some signs. We're looking for a sign. Because if you get the sign, then you'll know where you're, where you're at. And daddy can help get you home. And she drives on long enough. Finally, she says, this sign says, Rain, Louisiana. How many of y'all know where Rain, Louisiana is? On I-10. You're going to Houston, baby. You ain't going to Abelousa. <laughs> and I hope that today's message just kind of helps us discover where we're at. Where are we? Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated Easter, the resurrection of Jesus. That's a great day. It's the biggest day of our year. The, the celebration, y'all, how many of y'all know this, y'all? If we ain't celebrating Easter, this ain't nothing but a social club. Jesus is alive, he's well, he lives again, amen? We celebrated that day. And then you got 40 days, 40 days, very important. Jesus is actually going to p- appear on the scene after the resurrection for 40 days. He's gonna show up, I'll talk about it in a moment. And then you add 10 days to that, and we get to what we're going to celebrate just a few Sundays from now. I think it's May 23rd on a Sunday. We're going to celebrate Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. We're going to celebrate it on a Sunday. 
So we're, we're somewhere between right now, in reality, we just celebrated Easter a few weeks ago, we're in between the resurrection and Pentecost. I think in some way we're also there in the spirit. We're somewhere between the resurrection and Pentecost. Dr. Darius said the other day to our staff, and we're watching it happen in our culture, our culture has lost their living minds. Thank you, my brother. It, it has gone absolutely crazy. I won't spend a lot of time just notifying you of some of those things, but I mentioned in the earlier service, gender reveals for babies, we're going to start having gender reveals for 15-year-olds. That's where the culture is going, and can I just give you the bad news? The bad news is it's not going to get any better. I wish I could give you the good news, but the, I have never been more excited about the future of 32 years of ministry than I am today. Because I know as it gets darker out there, it means the brighter it should be getting in here. And, and, and the light always dispels the darkness. And I'm, I'm going to lay that out for you in just a moment. So we know that we're somewhere between the resurrection and Pentecost. Jesus is going to show up. The resurrected Jesus is going to show up. Some believe that he is going to appear 10 times. Other people say that he appeared 11 times to people resurrected to show them who he was. One of them even said he even showed up to 500 people at one time. I believe, well, you, you know some of the, the, the big ones. Uh, you'll probably remember there was a time that he showed up and talked to Peter. Remember, Peter was the one who denied Jesus three times. And he shows up to Peter. and Peter ends up going back to his old way of life. He's discouraged. He's going to end up going back fishing, what he used to do. And Jesus is going to show up after a night of fishing. He's going to talk to Peter. And you might remember what he said. Peter, do you love me? And he said, oh, you know I love you, Jesus. And then he said, feed my sheep. And he said, Peter, do you, do you love me? Oh, Lord, you, you, know, you know I love you. And he said, then I want you to take care of my lambs. Peter, do you love me? And Peter answered like you and I would answer, Lord, you know all things. And he said, take care of my sheep. We know that because he's discouraged, right? This could be one of the most discouraging seasons you've ever walked in. There is no good news out there. Have you ever noticed that? And I don't care which one you watch, CNN or Fox. Doesn't really matter. There is no good news. And it's easy to be discouraged in times like this. And he shows up to, to encourage those who are discouraged. Of course, you might remember the other one, Thomas. You, Thomas, we, I like Thomas. I think Thomas gets a bad rap. And we call him Doubting Thomas. But the truth is, Thomas just asked questions we were too afraid to ask. And Thomas is the one who says, listen, until I see and put my fingers in the nail-scarred hands and put my hand in his side, I don't believe it. And then all of a sudden, Jesus walks into the room and says, ta-da. The disbelief, the doubter. And I don't know, maybe there's a lot of doubt in the room today. You keep, you keep bombarding yourself with the news, you're going to get nothing but doubt. And then, of course, 
Uh, And and probably the least famous one, I like what one version says, on the way to see the apostles, the resurrected Jesus stops by James' house. Who's James? Well, James was the half-brother of Jesus. He is, you might have grown up in a tradition that taught you that Mary had no other children but Jesus. And that's not true. It can be proven through scriptures that Mary and Joseph had other children, and James was one of those. James was not a believer in Jesus being the Messiah. So on the way to see the apostles, he just stops by James's house and shows him the nail-pierced hands and the pierced side. And James becomes a believer, in fact, becomes one of the great leaders of the church in Jerusalem. Here's a question. How many of you have a brother? Let me see your hand. How many of you would have a hard time believing if your brother told you he was the Messiah? <laughs> you'd have to see him resurrect from the dead too, wouldn't you? Could you imagine being James growing up with Jesus? Mary going, how come you can't be like your brother Jesus? Oh, God, he's perfect, you know. Watch this. Let me show you in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 7. I, Paul writing, I passed on to you what was most important, what has also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried, he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter. Yeah, y'all help me with the underline? It's in yellow, great. You always help me with the yellow. If you help me with the yellow, I'll preach faster and better. All right? And so he was, he was seen by Peter and then by the 12. And after that, he was seen by 500 of his followers at one time. Most are still alive, though some have died. And then he was seen by, there he is, James, and later by the apostles. Where you at? Where you at? We're somewhere between the resurrection and Pentecost. I want to take you to the book of Acts chapter 1 and just share a few thoughts with you this morning. I'm going to begin reading at verse number 1 and make a few comments as we go. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, 10 times, 11 times, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. So, Jesus dies, resurrects, 40 days, he's showing up. 10 to 11 times, most theologians believe, and he had one subject that he would talk to them about when he met with them. He talked to them about the kingdom of God. Today's message is entitled, The Kingdom of God. What does that mean, the kingdom of God? Well, let me give you a working definition, though probably not exhaustive. The kingdom of God is a spiritual rule over the hearts and lives of those who are willingly to submit to God's authority in their life. In other words, the day I bowed my knee to Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I made him the ruler 
over my heart. That means the kingdom came to me, the kingdom of God. If there is no king, there is no kingdom of God. Jesus is my king, which means he's still taking ground in my life. There's still things he needs to correct me on, to take authority over that I have to willingly submit to even to this day. I am still a work in progress. I ain't what I used to be, but I'm not quite what I want to be yet. Can I get a witness in here? Because you ain't all that holy either. No, I'm looking at you. You're not that holy. You're not that good. It's the willingness to submit to Jesus. In other words, when my thoughts and his word conflict, somebody's got to submit that I'm willing to submit to him and change my mind and do it his way because his ways are better. Oh, you sang the song that you don't really believe. Are y'all tracking with me? To go, man, I've got to surrender. So let me talk to you about this kingdom. So the kingdom of God is spiritual, not physical. It's internal, not external. So in other words, God works from the inside out, not from the outside in. Jesus becomes the ruler of my heart, and he continues to take ground to this day. We just sang another song I'm not sure we really believe sometimes. Let's create more room for him. Let's give him more of our heart. Let's create more opportunity for him to be the Lord. Let's make him the real. Let me, I'll give you a perfect illustration of how this happens every day in real life where we think we want God to fix the external when he's really trying to get at something internal. We've been, we've been, Heidi and I have been marriage counseling for 32 years. We've been married 32 years. I don't know how this began 32 years ago, but people that were married less time than we were would come to us, and sometimes even more longer than we were, would come to us and say, could y'all help us out in our marriage? 99% of them, I just made that up on the spot, 99% of them, the problem, though they would bring the external, was never external. There was always some place that was happening internal, the root. They wanted to deal with the fruit, but they didn't want to deal with the root. 99% of the time, again, I just made that statistic up, so it's not really lying if I tell you. There was an area of their life that they weren't willing to submit to the lordship of Jesus. It's about the kingdom. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about the kingdom. He shows up 10, 11 times. It's about the kingdom of God. 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 Everybody checking with me so far? So watch what happens. Verse 4. Once when he was eating with them, this is one of the 10 or 11 times, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but just in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, let me talk to you about the promise, the promise keeper the promise-keeping God. I wrestled with this message of whether I should preach it here today, all the way up to walking 
into that door this morning. Like I'm going, is this the right word? Am I at the right church? I I don't want to just preach a good message. I, I want this to be a timely word for the body. And I'm walking in and the worship team is preaching or singing about the promise. I don't even remember, what, what was the lyric? There it is. My, my God made me a promise and it won't stop now. So I said, okay, I think this is the right word. And then, then Pastor uh, Don gets up and starts talking about uh, expectations. Expectations. I go, okay, I, I, I'm still learning the voice of the Holy Spirit because I think I'm doing the right thing, but sometimes I need confirmations. Anybody with me here? Uh, you're going, Lord, I think this is you, but I'm not quite sure. Well, I, I know I'm going to be talking about the promises, and I walk in, and the first word I hear is, uh, your promise, what was, what was it? What was it again? <laughs> and you won't stop now. There it is. God made me a promise that it won't stop now. And then the pastor Don gets up and starts talking about sometimes expectations, and you, you get, you get. I, I just want to say to you, God is... And we sing that song. Have you all sing that song here? God, you're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. You're never going to let, you're never going to let. If y'all need me on the worship team, just give me a call. <laughs> you're never going to let me down. Newsflash. I don't believe that. He's let me down before. Discouragement. Doubt. Fear, unbelief, skepticism. But here's what I found to be true. He didn't let me down to a promise that he made. He let me down to the presumption that I made. When God doesn't quite do it the way you thought, he was going to do it. I just know what God's going to do, and he doesn't. And then you get discouraged not because of his promise, but because of your presumption. When God says, I'm going to give you something I promise, you can take the promise to the bank. I'm going to promise you something. I'm promising you a gift. What verse am I on? Verse 4. The Father's going to send you a gift that he promised. And I've told you before, John baptized you with water repentance, but in just a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now watch verse 6. What's this about? The kingdom of God. So when the apostles were there with Jesus, they kept asking, asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and to restore. Okay, if I'm Jesus, I'm getting mad. I'm about to rebuke somebody. Remember, he keeps showing up 10 times, 11 times. Listen, guys, it's about the kingdom of God. Don't look at the external, look at the internal. It's about me becoming the Lord of their life. It's about the inside, it's not about the outside. It's about the kingdom of God. Don't get distracted by the fruit. Let's get down to the root. It's about the kingdom of God. And I'm not sure which disciple raises his hand and goes, that's great, Jesus, but when are you going to restore our kingdom? 
Let me back it up just a little bit so you'll get, you'll pick up <clears throat> what I'm laying down. Let's go back to Easter. Resurrection. One week before we celebrated Easter, we celebrated what we would call Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is where the tri- what we would call the triumphant entry where Jesus is going to get on a donkey's colt and ride into Jerusalem and the people are going to grab palm branches and wave them as he rides through and shouting, Hosanna. Let me just, just remind you, if you were in Sunday school with the flanograph, the Israelites knew what the Old Testament said, that this would be a sign of the coming Messiah would be riding on the colt of a donkey that had never been ridden. So they're, they're picking up what's happening. They're going, wait a minute. This is the one we've been waiting for. We are going to be free from Rome Israel's finally going to be delivered, and they're saying, remember what they're shouting? Anybody remember? Hosanna! 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 Which means, Lord, save us now. One week later, everybody tracking? One week later, Jesus is standing up with Barabbas, And they're saying, who do you want? And the same people that were saying Hosanna are now saying Barabbas and saying, what do I do with Jesus? Now they're saying, crucify him. How could that happen? Save us now, Messiah, to crucify him. Let me ask you this question. Or let me make a statement. It's not a question. How could that happen, Pastor You? Jesus is saying to them, I didn't come to set you free from Rome, external. I came to set you free from sin, Internal. I didn't come to deliver you from the strong hand. I came to deliver you from your hurts, your habits, and your hang-ups. We keep looking for the external when God says, no, that's not the way I work. I work on the internal, inside, out, not outside, in. Can I break it down for you even more? Ready? Lord, when are you going to make America great again? We keep putting our faith on the outside instead of putting our faith in the one who becomes the king and ruler of our heart. Oh, he made me mad now. I don't care. I'm leaving today. When will we end racism? 
we need to get some more laws. And maybe we do. I don't know. I'm not an expert in it. But I can tell you, you're not going to end it from the outside. You can only end it when the man's heart, the racist part of a man's life, has been changed by this living God. You ought to shout amen. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. When are we going to end abortion? If we can get the right people in office to appoint the right one, you're not going to end it. It's not going to happen from the outside. It's going to happen from the inside. Look at me, church, because I feel strongly about this. I don't care. I really don't care. It's true. The church, us, we, we have exchanged spiritual power for political influence. We've given it up. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, you keep looking for the kingdom to come. It's not that kingdom. You keep looking on the outside. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen that way. It's going to happen on the inside, inside out. And I'm going to give you the power that you're going to need for that to happen. It's a promise to you. He's called the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. Oh, you need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. By the way, you know this, right? Jesus' job is done, right? He said, it is finished, and he is sitting. He's not even standing, y'all. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us, praying for us. But he sent the better one, the promised one, the Holy Spirit, to walk with you, to lead you, guide you, the power you're going to need, this precious Holy Spirit. Jesus doesn't rebuke them. I would have, but Jesus doesn't. When are you going to deliver Israel? When are we finally going to be free from Rome? And Jesus is going to reply, The Father alone has that authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Can I just say something? Can I just get on my soapbox just for a moment? Most of us spend way too much online talking about when's the end times coming and all that's going to happen and all that. And he's going, look, y'all didn't even know. I don't even know. Don't even worry about those things. We got a job to do right now. And you get distracted by all of that. It's not even our responsibility. It's the Father's responsibility. By the way, he is coming back again, y'all. I just want you to know that. He is coming back. In fact, he's talking of what he's saying right here. You can connect it to Revelation 19, 11 through 16. And I just want to read it the way I would do it. And this is what it says. He's coming back. And it says, I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse. Not some little puny donkey. Jesus ain't coming back on no donkey. He's coming back on a white steed. And he says, this rider is called faithful and true. With justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire. On his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp-edged sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's coming back. Watch this. Verse 8. 
Acts 1.8. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Power, that word power means the strength and the authority. Strength and authority. It's not going to get better out there. It's not. This is our finest hour. This is that. You're going to need the promise. The Holy Spirit who could give you power, strength, and authority. You'll need it to stand. But when you do, because it's dark out there, you'll be like a light, you'll be like a high beam shining. And it's what the world needs. It needs to see somebody with strength and authority and what they believe in. We're now living in a world where nothing is truth. Truth is about how you define it. And you'll stick out like a sore thumb and be his witness. After saying this, verse 9, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. And they strained to see him rising into heaven. Two white men men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heavens? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. He's coming back. Okay, now look at me, because i got to draw your connection. Acts 1, 8, Holy Spirit, power. i got to draw the connection between two verses of Scripture. I know you all have been talking about discipleship. Now let me take you back to Matthew 28, which is the play that Jesus called. I heard Dr. Scott use my illustration. I don't know if he gave me the credit for it. If he didn't, the Lord will get him. <laughs> but I always use Drew Brees. Y'all seen Drew Brees, right? The way he does the huddle thing. He never actually gets on the knee. He does like this. You just watch. Well, we can't watch. He retired. Anyway, he would get like this. He'd go, all right, guys, here's the play. Here's the play. Here's the play. That's what Jesus does with his disciples. He gets a man and he calls a play. And here's the play. It's found in Matthew 28, 18. He says, then Jesus came to them. Gather around, guys. All authority, very important, in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's the responsibility that every single one of us in this room has. It's the last play Jesus called. Run the play. Make disciples. Look at me right here. If you've got gray hair in the room, right? And I'm looking. Some of you have gray hair, but you've hidden it with products. If, if you're over 50 and if you've walked with God for a while, look at me. We need you more than ever. Don't think, don't, don't think your days, well, I'm just here. No, no, no. We need you. We need you. 
You've walked with God. You've seen God. You've tasted and you've seen that the Lord is good. The generation coming behind you hasn't seen that. It's been some dark times that they were raised in. They need to know that they're, they're going to make it. You, you've got a gift on you, the wisdom of God. Heidi always says this about girls. She goes, daughters ask, I'll do, I'll do her, her version. Daughters ask, um, daughters ask questions. Mamas answer questions. But grandmothers get perspective. We need perspective now more than ever. And what Jesus was saying, look, I'm going to give you the play, and now I'm going to give you the power to accomplish the play. We grew up in a tradition where it was all about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we never connected it to the play. We have to be busy about something. We're going to need strength and power to make disciples. Are y'all tracking with me? We need the Holy Spirit. Listen, the more I'm willing to take responsibility for something, the more power and authority the Lord will give me. Can I just help you all just for a second? All discipleship really is, is teaching others what God has taught you. What friend of ours had an altar call one day, one Sunday, a big bunch of people got saved and born again, and he asked them to all come down to the front, and he said, hey, uh, I, want, I, want, I want some of y'all to come down and pray with, with some of these people, and y'all come and pray, come connect with them, come pray, and he looked, and there was one guy that was down there weeping and repenting of his sins, and he looked at the, the guy on the front row, and he says, hey, get with him, and the guy on the front row said, no, four weeks ago, I, I was him. And he goes, good, you're four weeks ahead of him. Just teach him what you've learned in the last four weeks. Are y'all tra- That's all discipleship is. And so he said, you're going to need the power. You're going deep. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? Okay, I just want to make sure. The more room you make, the more he'll consume. Give him more room, the more he'll consume. This is the day and the hour not to shrink back, but to press in like never before we need the Holy Spirit. Now, watch what happened. Verse 12 Then the apostles returned to Jer- Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of about a half a mile. When they arrived, they went upstairs, room of the house where they were staying. And here are the names of those who were present Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. And they all met together and were constantly. United in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. Help me out, help me out Isaac. Where are we at? We're in between resurrection and Pentecost. Acts, the book of Acts, is really the book of action. Action had to be taken. Look at me. Christianity was never to be experienced sitting in rows, facing forward. This is just the time to teach and equip so that you could get up to be strengthened and powered to go do the work of ministry. Listen, can I, look at me right here. Some, some of you, are, you're not bucking what I'm saying. You're just bored out of your living mind. Acts is not a boring book. 
Look, I thought, I've taught Opelousas. I said, okay, look, well, if this is what they did, maybe we ought to, this is how I think, maybe we ought to just do what they did. They, they waited. Number one, they, they just waited for it. Now, I don't mean they waited for it. The promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The strength and the authority to be a witness. They, were, they weren't waiting like in a doctor's office. You know what you do in a doctor's office, right? You grab your phone. You read a magazine. No, I mean, they, 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 they started acting like a, a first-time pregnant woman. We don't call her waiting for a baby. We call her expecting. If God gave us a promise and he said it's for your children and children's children even till the end of the age that there was a promise that he would send us the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. I have no presumption of what that means. They had no presumption. They had no idea what it meant. They just knew he made us a promise. He was going to give us the strength and authority, the power that we need to be his witnesses and to make disciples. And they started expecting it. Remember, he promised. I love this. I love what Acts 1.14, the, 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 the Passion Translation paraphrase says, all of them were united in prayer and they were gripped with one passion. One. Interceding night and day. What was that one passion? I think they finally got it figured out. It's about the kingdom. What would happen in this very room if everyone in the room got gripped with one passion? It's about the kingdom of God. Businessman, you'd run your business different. If it was about the kingdom of God, you'd go, we need to make more profit. Not so you could have a bigger boat. You'd say, because we got to fund the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah, you're clapping, you're clapping to the rich man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get him, get him, Pastor. You. What about you? What about you, clapper? What about you? If you knew it was about the kingdom of God, you'd probably get off Facebook and quit acting like a fool, or, or your Facebook posts would change because it's about the kingdom. They were prone. They said, let's unify for it. Number two, they got united around something to unify. I Pastor Jacob always says this, I don't always know what God is doing, but it's easy to recognize what the devil is doing, and I'm going to do just the opposite. Let me tell you what the devil is doing. He has unleashed division onto our world. It's It's, it's everywhere. It's a devilish plan. It's working. And not only has it impacted our culture, it's now impacting our church. I'm not talking about other churches. I'm talking about our church. I'll talk about one that I'm very familiar with in Opelousas. It's impacting and affecting our church. Division. Oh, there's division. What do you mean? Well, I can just list them. This is not exhaustive. Black versus white, male versus female, rich versus poor, Republican versus Democrat, mass versus no mass, vaccine versus no vaccine. Do I need to go on? And we've got people sitting online going, well, I believe. 
And somebody they're worshiping next to her, well, I don't believe that because I believe. Oh, quit laughing. It's you. I'm going, are you kidding me? The immaturity. Come on, gray hairs, we need you. We need somebody that's walked a while and said, Paul wrote about it to the church of Corinth. The same thing was happening. Well, I believe. They just didn't have Facebook. He's going, are you kidding me? Can we unify around thy kingdom come? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need to end racism. End it in your own heart. End it in your own heart. Start there. Just start there. Just end it there. Can we unify around thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven to bring unity to the body. I love this. He's going to give us a promise. He's going to give us the power, the strength and the authority, the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses, to make disciples. Let's wait for it. Let's unite for it. We've spent, y'all got a minute? Heidi and I have spent, I'm just doing the math now, 16, almost 17 years in an African-American community. Houston, We've spent the last 11 years building, fighting for unity. And we've seen it happen. I mean, we've watched black, white, rich, poor, Republican, Democrat, independent, I don't care what flag you fly, as long as that flag, Jesus, flies higher than any of those other things. I've had great conversations with brothers from other mothers about some of the things that we see differently. But we're not going to build on what we see differently. We're going to build on what we see the same. Right? Because I know if we'll walk together and both walk towards Jesus... Isaac, can you be my brother from another mother? No, you can just stand there. Just play because I don't want you. you. You'll get me out of the flow. But if the pulpit was Jesus, and if I'm walking to please Jesus and letting him be the ruler of my heart, and you're walking towards Jesus to be the ruler of your heart, do you know what happens as we both pursue that? What's happening to Isaac and I as we both pursue it? Oh, we're getting closer together. And to recognize what the enemy has done. The enemy's tried to destroy Opelousas by what's happening. He's trying to destroy New Iberia too. 
we got to lean back in to go, no, 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 no. It, it ain't about this kingdom. It's about the kingdom of God. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to destroy what has happened. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? So let's expect it. Wait for it. Let's unify for it. And then let's pray for it. You know what happened? They all got up in one place and began to pray really the same prayer. Could we just begin to pray the same prayer? And say, Lord, send your Holy Spirit. For, for Apollosus, I actually wrote a prayer. I'm going to put it up on the board. I, said, I just said, congregation, can we just pray this every day? Would you just pray this with me? I'm going to pray. I wrote it. took five minutes. If there's gra- grammatical mistakes in it, don't point them out to me. I'll get insecure about myself. After just, you make mistakes too. I'm not perfect. This ain't the Bible. I just said, look, could we, look, could we just pray? You can take a picture of it if you want. You can take your, and just go, I'm going to pray it too. I'm just going to pray. We're just going to pray that the Holy Spirit would come. Could, could I just ask you, could we be unified today? His kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And could we just pray this together? Would you, could we just do that right now? Let's just pray it together. So we're going to pray it out loud. Lord, let's do this. Just, just I'm going to just read along. Don't like repeat it after me. Just let's just go with it together. Can we just do that? Lift your voice with me. Say, Jesus, I worship you, adore you, and declare that you are the king of my heart. May your kingdom come to my heart as it is in heaven. Holy Spirit, I don't want to just read about you and your work. I want to experience you and your promise. So I ask you to baptize me today with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your power, strength, and authority to be a witness to my friends, family, and all that cross my path for your glory. May my ears hear what you're saying, my eyes see what you're doing, and my heart submit to your leading. And it is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Can we give God all the praise, glory, honor? Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to give you an assignment. Pray this every day this week. And I want to pray for you now. Would you just lift your hands to heaven? Holy Spirit, would you come? Father, we're waiting on the promise with expectation that you're going to fill us with your Holy Spirit. We have no presumption. You'll, You'll use us. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, gifts of faith, miracles would happen through the hands of the ones that are lifted. Father, I ask that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, the promise of your word. Not our presumptions, but your promise. And Father, I pray that you would give us great expectation. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed. And you might be here today and the kingdom of God has not come to your heart. Jesus said you can't even see the kingdom. You can't enter the kingdom until you've been born again. And Nicodemus asked, how can that happen? I I can't get back into my mother's womb. And Jesus said that's born of water. That's the natural birth. You have to have a spiritual birth a rebirth, a born again. In fact, you've even said, I wish I could do life all over again. Well, you can. You can be born again. 
Jesus will take your sins, wipe them out clean. He will throw them into the sea of forgetfulness and remember them no more. Today, your eyes could be open. Your spirit could come alive. You could have your resurrection day today. Christians, would you be praying right now? You should be praying right now. That if you're here today and you don't know this King of kings and Lord of lords, he's not mad at you. He loves you. He loves you. How do I get born again, Pastor Eugene? It's easy as A, admit that you're a sinner. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans tells us. And the wages of those sins are death. B, believe that Jesus came to die on the cross so justice could be satisfied. He came to pay for our sin. He took the punishment that we deserve to take your guilt, your sin, and your shame on the cross. And then see, confess him as the king, the Lord and savior. Make him the ruler of your heart and the kingdom of God had just come to you today. I wanna pray for you if you're ready for the kingdom of God to come to your heart. I wanna pray for you right now, this prayer of repentance. If that's you today, no one's looking at me. Would you just slip your hand up all over the room and say, Pastor, you today. Thank you, sir, I see it. Anybody else? Thank you, ma'am, I see it. Thank you, ma'am, I see it. Anybody else? Slip your hand up. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, sir. I see you in the balconies. Congregation, can we add our voice to theirs? Let's pray this. Mean it from our hearts. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go. And you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin. I repent to be born again. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God all the praise.